Welcome to the Nate and Doran podcast. We are professional videographers based in Vancouver, Canada, and we are here to talk about relevant topics within the video and media industry. I'm Nate, and I run Nate Dixon Media. And I'm Doran, the videographer, solo entrepreneur, offering video production services. And today uh, we're going to discuss client communication, uh, and that includes contracts, terms of service, and just in general, understanding the client and make sure the client understands you. Um, yeah, this is going to get interesting. Um, I think the first thing that needs to be said is, I, th- I think you agree with me here, Nate, we, we both encourage that if you're a professional, you should have a clearly written record of agreement with your client. If that's an official contract, good for you. But it could also be like emails or text. Those are valid in backing up uh, a professional agreement. Uh, So I think you should always try and have that written. Agreed. Yeah, you can't just have a phone call and discuss everything and, okay, good to go. You always want to follow up, summarize with an email, just have it all written down, Mm -hmm. make sure everybody's on the same page. Uh, Yeah, that can save your butt and that can uh, help a client you know, if there's something they forgot, I know I forget things on phone calls all the time. So mm. it's really helpful when somebody sends me a follow-up email. So that's like something you should really get in the habit of doing. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you have multiple clients a month, I've had that where I like would um, mistake details from one client, from one project to another. And I'm like, oh yeah, you guys do uh, legal advice, right? Like, no, we're the marketing agency. Like, okay. The check the notes. up a wedding and a funeral and you're like oh so who's the who's the lucky lady and they're like she passed away three weeks ago it was horrible <laughs> i'm gonna avoid situations like that yeah <laughs> um so uh, obviously e- either a client puts out a need uh somewhere on some advertising space uh, looking for gigs or looking for contractors, looking for employment. Um, Or the client reaches out to you directly through your website and says, Hey, I need this. Are you available? So that's usually how it starts or with a phone call. I, I, I want to do this type of video and you talk on the phone. Um, When do you think, like what what would your process be what do you first discuss if it, like let's say i call you up and i say hey i need a one minute promo video for my product uh, how would that conversation and communication and what would we discuss well you want to get through a lot of different things mm-hmm. first you want to set a timeline when do you need this by Mm-hmm. Is it a week? Is it a month? Or is it like, oh, I'm just thinking about it for, you know, maybe next season. And you're like, okay, I can kind of set the priority of things. That's a um, huge one. Want- I actually haven't been doing, like at the start of my freelance, I didn't do that. I would talk all the project details. And then at the end, like, so when are you thinking of filming this? Like, oh, tomorrow. Like, oh, I'm booked tomorrow. <laughs> oh okay bye i'm like wow i just talked for half an hour (laughs) so yeah that's that's a huge number one talk yeah schedule first schedule first uh next one i usually try and get is budget 
hmm. first of all, do, do our budgets match up? You know, so or what do you mean what's by, your expectation? Yeah, what do you mean by budget? So, so let's go back to the hypothetical. If I'm the client and I'm like, yeah, I need a one minute video of my product. How much is that going to cost? And then to determine how much that cost, maybe I'd get some more details like, well, what, what kind of product is it? Where do we need to film it? So location would be another big one. Mm. Like, oh, do I need to take a ferry to an island because it's a specific thing that has to happen? That's going to change how much, yeah. what the availability. My, my product is, is uh, sportswear. And yeah, let's film in the mountain and in the desert and in the... <laughs> And they just start railing <laughs> off like five locations. Like it's a one minute uh, video, but you're making me travel the world. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I guess you want to get location mm -hmm. to try and basically everything is informing uh, the budget. I think that's like a really key thing for a lot of companies and people. Mm -hmm. uh, if they've worked with a videographer before, maybe they have a ballpark figure in mind or mm -hmm. They've been given a set budget from their manager or their boss, like you can spend X amount on this video. Mm -hmm. And then you can kind of say, okay, well, within that range, here's what we can do. Here's how fancy we can get. Um, mm -hmm. And you go from there. And that way, when you send an estimate, it's something that you guys both are expecting. You don't want to never discuss budget at all. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, oh, that'll cost, you know, a thousand dollars. And they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. So, my cousin did it for $200. So why are you calling me then? <laughs> <laughs> oh, because I didn't like it. Like, oh, okay, well. <laughs> um, so if, if a client doesn't ask the question from the get-go, when do you bring up budget? Uh, probably pretty quick after schedule and location. I'd say, well, you know, do you have a budget in mind for this project? Mm -hmm. And if they say okay. yes great if no then i suss out more details like have you worked with a videographer before mm, i started um, asking that too yeah that's a key one yeah um, that's a good one to potentially pick up a red flag if they're like mm -hmm. yeah we've had a video done last year but it was it was a disaster that that makes my ears perk up and i'm like oh, all right um well what can you share that video with me and can we discuss what you liked and what you thought could have done be, been done better and then you can see like yeah the guy messed up or the guy did everything right and they have uh an approach issue like mm -hmm. like oh and we wanted him to do five more things and he wanted to charge extra like oh that's a red flag okay you guys think that work is infinite for one project because that's Definitely. that's the other thing uh, I was going to say, like, so when, when I would be too quick to give them a quote to see if they're interested or not, then they would start adding stuff on. Like, oh, uh, so wait, this video would require on-screen talent. Yes. But it would also require a voiceover. Yes. It would also require this. Yeah. So when I get to the editing uh, questions, I realize, like, oh, okay, yeah, I have to confirm confront them i have to tell them like okay actually that's gonna charge that's gonna cost more oh, oh no and uh, it's <laughs> one of those because you hook them with the first one and then if they see you uh, upcharging then they're kind of thrown off by that although it's a legitimate upcharge it's just that uh 
tactile or what's it called like a, a delicate placement of when to ask is always a tricky thing yeah well you just want to get as much information mm. as you can first right like you're saying oh can i see a video that you didn't like or you know what's your relationship been in the past with video production agencies or anything like that mm-hmm. the more information you have the more informed you can be about when you give this quote yeah and then if they you know that's the next step they either say yes no or let's talk about it and then mm-hmm. you can go from there yeah i've had enough uh projects where i thought it's simple enough and i just said yeah okay we'll do it and then w- when it got to the actual planning phase and scheduling i realized that they had expectations that we had not discussed so for example um you know if if you say like if you briefly say that yeah i'll i'll have the cameras and the lights and the microphones um and they also have an audience they expected me to have a pa system and the microphone to be heard in the entire room I'm like, sorry, oh. I no, I'm talking about the video aspect of it, not of the v- <laughs> audio visual, the AV side. <laughs> yeah, not the whole venue. Yeah. Yeah. Or sometimes uh, people will hire, uh, inquire about uh, wedding packages and uh, assume that I also do photo at the same time as video as a solo person. <laughs> so, no. <laughs> but it's good that you asked. They're like, okay, good, good, good. We want to go with this package. Does this include photos? Like, doesn't say that on my website, but thanks for asking. Otherwise, I would show up and you'd be like, oh, no photos? Like, oh, that's awkward. <laughs> um, so I guess a way to go around that would be to ask them, do you guys have a photographer? I would like to, um, are they coming to, and attending the rehearsal? Uh, stuff like that, you know. Yeah, I guess that ties into what do you expect from the client and what do they expect from you? Mm, yeah. Right? It's, so it's it's so many unique situations that I can discuss. I don't even know where to start. <laughs> I'll start with this one. Like I, I've asked sure. clients. Just hit like, us with one, yeah. Do, do you, would you like a logo animation video? Do you have one? No, uh, we don't have a logo animation video. Like, okay, I'll make one for you. Um, and I quote him for that, like, let's say 300 bucks. Um, and then I, I email them like, okay, can you please send me over your logo file so I can add it to the animation? Like, oh, I thought you were making it. <laughs> so they understood by me making a logo animation that I would also make the logo for them. So that was a little bit of a miscommunication. <laughs> yeah, that is a good one. <laughs> uh yep uh for a a project i'm doing soon it's like an interview but i'm asking them for a bunch of like old archive like photos from their scrapbooks and stuff to tie in because it's talking about uh someone's life and how they were raised Mm -hmm. so that that had to be clearly defined like okay here's when i need you to send all the photos by they need to be you can't just mail me them they need to be digital photos like scans so that i can put them in the edit and if they didn't, if we didn't specify that, they could just like give me a photo album and like, oh, here, scan them. And then I'd be like, well, I don't know which ones to do. It's mm. not my relative. So 
that stuff that could creep up on you if you yeah don't specify it ahead of time yeah i've had a a, a funeral like a memorial video i had to do once and yeah they just send me pictures and they're like oh just use the one with uncle tom in the blue car and there's like several several blue car and several people and i'm like i don't know which one's uncle tom man <laughs> yeah that's too funny yeah um do you always put like dates in your contract um well yeah so that's uh, always discussed uh, like 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 I said we discussed earlier I asked him okay when do you want to film is one question and when do you need to edit by is because those are two different dates um, and mm. yeah I put both of those as separate line items in the contract like desired filming date desired edit uh, or um, project completion date um and depending how big the project you might have, I've had one of my biggest clients give me a very detailed schedule expectation of we're filming Friday, you're doing the first rough cut by Monday, we're going to give you feedback on that by Tuesday, by Wednesday you're going to do the second rough cut uh, by th uh, Thursday or whatever, we'll give you final uh, feedback and uh, Friday morning, this needs to be done. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Yeah. Um, because because they were like an they were the middleman, but like they were a marketing agency, and they were dealing with the client, and I was just dealing with the video. So there's a lot of bouncing around. Uh, but it turned out really good because of proper communication, and these guys knew exactly how to do it. So uh, that was great. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, because another thing would be to discuss uh, how many days. Sometimes clients have an expectation that something will be done quick, like oh, I'm doing this. Um, what do you call it? Like one of those Udemy course style, like you know, ten ten lessons on how to be a better dancer, or something like that. And they think uh, like, oh, they, they know that each module and each thing will be this much time as a final product. And they just assume it's going to take that much time to film. And no, it doesn't because <laughs> you'll no. need to take a break because you can dance for eight hours straight. Uh, you're going to mess up a few times. A few times there's going to be other interruptions. Uh, and you kind of have to assess if the client has carefully gauged how much time is involved in certain things for example if we turn back to what you were mentioning earlier multiple locations um are we uh, that's another question i ask i'm like um do we film your corporate highlight video just everyone in the same office or are we going to each person's office individually and filming the outside and the inside of the building and depending on what they answer i tell them well moving two cameras into five office uh departments is gonna take time away from filming <laughs> so we're gonna need two days to film that oh i wasn't aware like yeah sorry it's we have to move the lighting we have to move the cameras um we have to uh change the batteries you have to educate your client um especially if they haven't had experience uh with video production before mm-hmm 
Definitely. Uh, another thing you got to make sure is expected format. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> you think so. it'd be pretty straightforward, but I still get the odd client that's like, can you make DVDs? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I've I've definitely had people on DVDs. Like, a few people wanted a copy of their wedding to send to, like, their grandparents, right? Maybe grandma and grandpa don't have a Blu-ray player. They just have, you know, their DVD player they've had for 20 years. So grandma specifically asked for this. So, yeah, they want a copy of it on DVD. So oh, got to make sure that ahead of time. Make sure if you have a DVD burner, great. But I know I don't anymore. So mm-hmm. that's something I need to fire up my old laptop to do. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. I, had a, well, I had an Australian client ask me for... Uh, um pal resolution or frame rate right I mean, it'd have to yeah. be coded coded differently right yeah 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 that's good so you can do frame rate resolution obviously mm-hmm. if they want just 1080p great if they actually expect 4k make sure that you're always filming that resolution let them know potentially the limitations of your camera oh well i can't do slow-mo and 4k otherwise it'll be upscaled mm-hmm. so if they depends on their pickiness or what exactly their target is right mm-hmm. oh or if they're if they want something for social media i often specify like if i'm taking photos especially um do you need like some portrait photos or is it all landscape because mm-hmm. otherwise i'll i'll take like one of each like i was doing some photography of some landscaping landscape lighting so we went at night and they wanted to boost their Instagram a lot. So I was like, oh, well, each angle, I'll take like a widescreen for your website and then a portrait for your um, Instagram. And that way it can be full resolution, you know? And then so I can charge for two pictures because it is separately edited and I have to redo everything. Mm-hmm. But if if I didn't specify that, they might not have thought of that. Oh, yeah, when someone looks at their phone, it's like, 90 degrees widescreen it's not like you can't just crop it and you like slice out so much potentially mm, yeah so that's something for photos too that i've done mm-hmm. yeah and 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 some people are comfortable with a direct download link other people want uh, a hard drive or a usb like a flash drive um so yeah different expectations something that you have to inquire because uh, you don't know what people might be comfortable with. Uh, for example, maybe your client deals with a operating system that needs your USB to be formatted in a specific format. That's another thing you need to inquire. Pro tip, always just format to XFAT because that can be read by Mac and PC. Mm-hmm. And unlike FAT32, there's no 4 gigabyte file size limitation. So you can have files mm-hmm. any size. That's why I always format my USBs too, because that way I know it'll be able to be read Mm -hmm. Mac, Windows, Linux, no Mm -hmm. file size restrictions. Yeah, good tip. Forgot about that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, here's here's a juicy one for you, Nate. Copyright ownership. How do you approach it? Honestly, I don't really talk about it too much. I don't use a ton of stuff on like like promotions or marketing material so like i'll usually ask a client ahead of time like hey is it okay if i use this for my portfolio and then they're like oh yeah sure no problem Mm -hmm. um 
So maybe you'd be better versed to speak with that. I haven't really had to discuss it in depth or in detail. Mm-hmm. But you do have like a a promo promo video or a demo reel or a highlight video, a banner video or something. Yeah, yeah. There's mm-hmm. stuff that I display on my website for sure. Yeah. So for 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 that, yeah. you need to make sure your client understands that in order for me to show that I'm capable of doing work. <laughs> I need to be able to show snippets of completed projects or uh, another cool thing is if, if the project is public, um, you just link to, to the video from their website. You can embed mm-hmm. it in your website and have an external link going to their website. Like, oh, check it out. Um, I did a video for whatever city of Surrey or something. Um by default, because I've, I've had to look into this when I started, by default, this is specific to Canada. Canadian law, uh, last I checked, um, specifically states that the copyright is of the camera owner operator. So if I'm filming something with my camera that you agreed to me filming... Regardless of uh, everything else, I own first copyright on that. Um, but obviously, then your agreement kicks in. Like by default, I can use snippets for my portfolio, and my clients obviously use it for what they want it display on their website or the display on their Facebook, or if it's a TV ad, we discuss that aspect of it. Um, and then you have to contact the TV company for the expected format and the expected resolution, all that. Um, but I've had a few clients that are, have told me this is not public. This is for internal staff training and we don't want you displaying it on your website. Like, fair enough. Thank you very much for letting me know. I agree to that term. Or some people mm-hmm. will want exclusive copyright ownership uh, of material in which case, uh, uh, most videographers I've seen charge an extra fee for an exclusive license. Like, I cannot use this material to promote myself. Therefore, you have to pay an extra fee. Because, let's say, another client comes and has a similarly unique idea. Like, oh, have you ever done something like this? Like, yes, I have. I can't show you, though. <laughs> so, that mm-hmm. doesn't bode well. Um uh, or is it might just be sensitive or confidential issues. That's another uh, thing you should be discussing with your client, especially if it's a public um, setting. So, for example, I, I filmed a corporate conference and I was filming audience and I was notified by staff that some a specific corner of the audience I should stay away from because they're refugees um, that are... Um, like hunted by their home country. <laughs> mm. So mm-hmm. they need to be kept anonymous and their whereabouts unknown. Um, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's kind of exciting. I'm like, oh man, is this like a movie set? What's going on here? <laughs> um, or it might just be um, like I've had to film something for some... Uh, uh, upcoming technology uh, that was for investors only and uh, it was again private and not public so I can't show the technology on display because that would be giving away trade secrets mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's another good thing to ask too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is anything does anything have to be kept under wraps? I an had, NDA or whatever. Yeah, this this is this is a very interesting. Uh, I wonder if if you know about this. I did not, and it kind of surprised me. I was I did a promo for a dental office, and they made me blur out the screen where you could see a teeth, because they said teeth are like fingerprints, and it's classified patient information. It's just a picture of the teeth, no name, no nothing. Like, oh, you mm. blur out the teeth. Wow. Yeah, I was like, okay, because like apparently the tooth imprint is unique. And I was like, wow, I've learned something new today, and that blows my mind. I did not know that. Mm. <laughs> so I had to get more creative on how to incorporate that imagery for a dental place. Uh, and I can't remember what the workaround was, but they were happy with the end result. But yeah, confidentiality was expressed by my client, and uh, it's a good thing they told me that so I could fix it before giving them the final video. Because the last thing you want to do is give the client the final video and say it's done, and then they're like, oh, I'm not happy with it. Because then that opens mm-hmm. up other discussions, like refunds. <laughs> or you know like uh, I don't know, extra revisions they want extra work uh, it's I don't know it's do you have have you ever had to do a refund or have you ever had a, a unsatisfied oh. client uh, thankfully I, I haven't had to do a refund before no mm-hmm. and luckily there's never been a time where I've like lost footage or Mm. not been able to deliver something that i promised so thankfully i haven't had to do that mm. and i i hope to never have to do a refund like that because that's just terrible especially if it's a once in a lifetime event for someone like a wedding yeah, yeah. like man weddings can be so high stress that way like if something yeah. completely out of your control like oh my like what was it your your a7 III, the motherboard like fried or something from that what was it the dummy battery I can't remember. I don't know exactly what caused it because I'm still using the same setup and it's not acting up anymore. Uh, but yeah, I was I was detapping it to a V mount and um, yeah, didn't work anymore. The HDMI the then... HDMI didn't work. The rest of the camera did. So I just yeah, recorded so... internally at the corporate thing. Yeah, luckily you're able to at least record internally. But sometimes stuff that's completely out of control. Like, unless it's something like, I don't know, an EMP happens and everything electronic shuts off, then I think maybe you can put that in your contract, like, things out of my control. Uh, But Mm. if it's your fault, like, you didn't bring a backup memory card or Mm -hmm. you ran out of recording space or didn't bring enough batteries, like, that kind of stuff that is totally on you. That's Which is why you should get liability insurance. Okay, so tell me tell me a little bit about that. Give me a quick refresher because I don't have liability insurance. Okay. Liability, uh, I haven't looked into this, so I don't know the details exactly, but from what I recall is basically, like you said, stuff that you're to blame for. So stuff that the client can sue you for. So you're liable if you promise something and you don't deliver, like 
oh, I didn't capture what I promised I would capture because I had to go pee, and that's when the thing happened <laughs> or something. <laughs> uh, but also, if you cause any damages uh, due to your own fault, so like untaped, unsecured cables on the ground, and your client trips, falls, and breaks teeth. Oh. Yes. Or breaks a priceless prototype of a thing, you know, like liability means stuff that's your fault insurance will help you cover that lawsuit up to a point so do you do you have liability insurance right now i do until the end of the month uh i'm not renewing with those guys i need to look into a new uh insurance company thanks for reminding me i need to do that next week mm -hmm. Um, because these these guys uh, started removing a bunch of stuff, which uh, I call BS on, and uh, and they also increased. So they removed a bunch of coverage, and then they increased the rate. So I'm not buying that. So ballpark, how much is it a month? Let's say for this. For so for specifically self-employed, like there's so many factors for my current setup and mm -hmm. my current location. It's like eight hundred. A year. Okay. Um, but I've heard of other videographers having up to like 1500 because they have more stuff. And uh, again, this might depend on, on your area and also how many years you've been doing it. And um, generally, insurance is very skeptical of you when they start out. So they won't give you all the perks. And then later on, like, okay, you've you've been claim free for four years um, sure, we can add this exclusive mm. thing, like the the thing that I was not able to get from the get go, and most videographers aren't able to from in this area, at least that I've talked to, were uh, was um, uh, theft insurance. Mm -hmm. People stealing your stuff while while you're you you unloaded half your gear and wheeled it in, the other half got stolen in the meantime in those two minutes before you got back, and I've heard stories of that, and it's uh, scary. It's happening to even big people, uh, like um, videographers like Phil Bloom <laughs> posted. Mm. Like, how how do I lose everything in two minutes? Like, you just do. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, but insurance is a whole topic uh, in and of itself that I am not knowledge knowledgeable on, and I need to read up on it next week. <laughs> uh, but. Yes. For for me personally, refunds is um like he, let me okay you haven't had to have this situation yet but this might happen. Let's say you book a wedding or whatever the wedding people like the couple books you for uh, for, for video uh, videography for a wedding that's like next year. You ask them for an advance payment, and two months later they cancel, and they want it back. Is that a refund or not? I don't know. I don't think so. I think if it hasn't actually happened and you haven't delivered anything, I don't know. Yeah. Like, it's hard to say. It seems like if it's not like the day before, if they're not like, hey, we have a wedding in two months, and then like the day before they're like, oh, psych, actually, mm -hmm. then I'd say, well, now you just <laughs> took yeah. away that day for me to book anything else. Exactly. And that might fill up 
the, that week or it might fill up before like wedding videographers videographers that deal only with weddings always book the year before and are like okay 23rd august gotcha next year and then if they cancel two months later and he's not able to fill that or he had someone else inquire on that date and he passed on it that's the reason why these guys won't give you a refund for an advance payment mm. And yeah, I've had yeah. I've had clients uh, do that uh, where they like, well, they weren't even clients because they backed out like, oh, we need you for this. And then by that date, oh, we're not doing it tomorrow. Sorry. Like, well, you just ruined my like I should have taken an advance payment. And here's the thing, Nate, mm. if they can get the refund. Doesn't change a thing. Whether you take it or not doesn't matter you're still left without the money and whether they booked off and not made profitable. So that that's why like having a refund and giving a client flexibility to ditch you last second is not lucrative. That's why it's not really doable for us solo people like mm -hmm. bigger places can do it because they can just fill up the client slots way easier. Oh yeah. Like, you know, Yes. Like the difference between booking with a big hotel chain and like maybe a special Airbnb one-off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Hotels give you like 72 hour notice. Airbnb will give you like one week or more. Like um, latest notice. So yeah, refunds is something for people to explore. Each each like there's we're we're not saying there's anything definitive. We're just expressing what we personally think, and each videographer can do his own terms. Um, so for example, payment payments like another thing. Uh, do you take an advance booking fee? Do you charge hourly? Do you charge per milestone? I've no videographers that charge thirty percent, thirty three percent, or thirty five percent to book. 35% at the end of the filming day, 30, the other 35% at um, when when the final video is delivered. Other uh, videographers do 50-50, 50 before the shoot, 50 uh, uh, on the shoot day. Uh, I know wedding videographers that do full payment, one-time payment before the wedding day. <laughs> Wow. Well, yeah, because they argued like they're going on their honeymoon and then they're busy with stuff like couples don't don't have like are are not like if you give here's the thing if you give a client a finished product and then you're chasing them for the payment they might start making excuses why they can't pay and delay it by months and i've had that happen at the beginning mm. um whereas as a videographer explained it to me if 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 they pay you then they're going to be on top of you like hey when's the video ready like okay that, now you're speaking my language. Thank you for the payment. Here's the video on time, as promised. And everyone's happy. As long as you're a stand-up guy and actually yeah. do the video, you know? Well, or reputations online, public reviews, you know? Word goes around mm -hmm. with the age of the internet. Um, I will say uh, one of my biggest clients is a school district, and they as part of their finance department, like their policy is they won't pay any advance until like the product is actually delivered. I've so with that specific that, client, yeah. like I don't get an advance, but they, they will do it where they'll 
have me invoice for the filming right after I film. And then that comes through. And then for the finished product, right after I deliver it. So I can at least get a chunk of it right after we're filming. It's So it's not an advanced payment, but I, I don't have to wait till the final video is delivered mm -hmm. to get paid for all of it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, some yeah. businesses I'm... won't do an advanced payment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I found like really small businesses we're dealing with individuals will kind of have that approach of like, oh, no, no, I need to see it. And then I'm paying for it. Like, well, the work's being done and, and you see it. But as long as we did what we agreed, I don't care what your opinion is of it. You have to pay me for my work. Uh, see, this is another interesting thing. It's uh, um, that we didn't put down in our list here of things to talk about, but I just <laughs> realized that now you have an expectation that you have to talk is how much creative freedom you have. Is the person hiring you to do their vision or are they accepting of your vision? So, for example, a wedding video. Most videographers paint the day with their style of editing. So you're not going to film and some and the client is going to ask you, oh, can you film, can you edit it like this other videographer with their style? They might ask for like a, a few things, but not the whole thing, right? And that should be beforehand. Like, oh, we want a video that's like, whatever, very edgy or I don't know what people are going to do now. <laughs> Make it look like a horror thing <laughs> or their Star Wars themed or something. Because um, I've had a few clients give me very specific details on how they want everything to happen. And I did it exactly how they asked it. And then they weren't happy with it. They thought, oh, yeah, this this concept doesn't make sense. Like, oh, well, you not my problem. Oh, well, the video doesn't look good. I'm like, yes, but not because of me. I did exactly what you told me to. So it's like, mm. that's another thing to try and question your client at the beginning stages is, okay, how much? It sounds like you guys have a script already made. Do you need any input from me or not? No. Okay. Then all, uh, like, um, what's the terminology i'm looking for like the the owning of the end result is on you not on me mm -hmm. if everything's in yeah. focus and it sounds good and it's framed how you want it the actual content if it's your doing it's your problem that's something that you should have in writing and they have to agree to yeah cuz i know you've been in the situation where you spoke up was it, I think this was you where you yes. spoke up saying like, Oh, this is I think we they should take that again. They kind of flub that talking yeah, about and you were directors like... and DOPs. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. And in that episode, yeah, I had a DOP yeah. not help his client read a teleprompter or he was reading it incorrectly. And the guy was monitoring the teleprompter and wasn't helping him read the correct word. And I spoke up and I'm like, it's this, not this. You're, Oh, okay, thank you. And then the DOP's like, yeah, I'm in charge here, okay? <laughs> like, okay, buddy. Not like, thanks for helping me. Yeah. Yeah. But the contract I had with him said that both me and him have input on the client. 
and mm-hmm. he and he resented that afterwards and realized that he can't do anything about it. So I'm glad I had that in writing. Yeah. Otherwise. Yeah. Boom. Okay. Uh, what do you want to talk about next? Client communications. Um. Well, I, I think. I think. A, a self-employed person, so not someone that's representing a company and has to attach to the company's values, and you have to be instructed on those values. If you're self-employed, I think you have certain values that you have a right to do business with um, certain contexts that you want to, and you can avoid certain contexts that you don't want to, like if they don't align with your brand or your style or whatever, uh, like a right to refuse work. Um, for example, uh, if you're not comfortable with dealing with certain substances, uh, like I was approached by cannabis uh, shops and I inquired, would the event um, involve smoking in the area? Oh, yeah, it's going to be completely like steamed up in there. Like, well, secondhand cannabis smoking is not something <laughs> I'm interested in. I'm sorry. Uh, I was also approached to do adult content, which can't i'm don't i don't want to do if i even were to do it i wouldn't put it up on my website and it's a niche that once you get in you can't really do other work you're stuck in that one i've heard from other videographers um Mm -hmm. so it's perfect i think it's perfectly reasonable to refuse based on conscience or ethical or religious or uh, like i am not comfortable filming this yeah, that's a good thing, I guess. Just kind of take a hard look at your own yourself. Think, you know, where's my limit? Know that beforehand, and then be able to be comfortable mm-hmm. telling a client that. And I don't think you need to like put the advertise that, like, oh, I don't do this, I don't do that, I don't do that. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think you need to like broadcast. It doesn't have to be specific, but uh, like somewhere in your terms of service or on your website, you should specify. I think that you are a private business and not a corporate entity and you have the right to refuse work. For example, uh, uh, let's move away from the ethical side of things. Um, Standard in Canada, I'm pretty sure, even in workplace, and it should apply to self-employed too, you have the right to refuse hazardous working conditions. If you're on a construction yeah. site and they don't provide you a hard hat or don't instruct you to bring a hard hat, I'm not filming if the guy's drilling above me and bits of uh, concrete are falling down and hitting my gear. Like, no, this is a hazard to my gear or to myself. So mm-hmm. there are certain instances where... Um, I can't remember the exact context, but I, I, I know I talked to a videographer and they were like, yeah, we had to wrap up and leave and ditch the client no refund because the client didn't fail to instruct that hey this is a work hazard area are you comfortable filming here yeah i can see how that could be sketchy yeah i uh i used to do video for a metal roofing company so some of the shots that they'd want would be like a pie on a ladder and times where I even I was like, oh, I could get this shot if I just climb up here. And they're like, you know what? It's not worth it. Don't mm-hmm. do it. We don't have your safety gear. You're not insured for that. Mm-hmm. So just stay on the ground. Use like 
the tall tripod that we gave you. Mm. But so don't crawl on the roof in any circumstance. So they are like protecting themselves mm. by making sure I didn't, you know, break a few ribs. Do and, do anything for yeah. the shot. You know, that seems yeah. to be a mantra among YouTubers, you, you know, like anything for the shot, but it's like Yeah. Really? There's there's gotta be uh, some boundary you have that you value your life or mm. whatever. Mm -hmm. You're not uh yeah. So yeah that's a good point and then um uh, last thing i guess i would mention is maybe what do you do when you have that client that for some unprofessional reason decides to ghost or become unresponsive because they whatever have lost interest in the project or they realized like ah, i'm not gonna be able to pay this or they found some guy that can do it cheaper and they're ditching you halfway through that's a hard one um sometimes i've been guilty of not following up enough with potential clients mm. that i could have turned into because i used to think like once they agree to something then that's it and you're like okay nice we agreed and then just wait for them to say, hey, I want you to come film now. Hmm. I didn't realize that. You know, a lot of people have a hundred things on their plate. Hmm. You know, you're you're not their priority. So you need to make yourself heard and like, okay, let's get this wheel. Let's get this in motion. What days are you free? Um, f follow up with them with text or give them a call. And they'll actually, I found a lot of cases, they actually appreciate that. They're like, oh yeah, thanks for reminding me. Yeah, let's let's set this up or let's set up a meeting in person to, to, to go over details. Mm. I thought I was, I, was, I was always being a nuisance, but actually mm. a lot of clients really appreciate that. And they're like, oh, this guy's driven. Mm -hmm. And oh yeah, I forgot about that. That's something I want to happen. So mm -hmm. for me, that was a personal thing I had to overcome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've, I've had that too um I, I guess i guess the answer uh, like i already like the answer to this question was already mentioned earlier <laughs> um the best way to avoid ghosting like or a client like you did the video you provided the video you're waiting for payment you don't hear back um is to just get the payment as much of the payment beforehand so yeah if so they have some skin in the game some skin in the game and if they do cut their losses you still are in the positive like i've had two clients in the last four years that have had me film and then required me to do an edit but after the film they ghosted but i made sure that i got paid half um at the end of the filming day for each time and that half literally covered just for the filming day so like if they would have hired me just to do the filming it would have been that price uh i know one client didn't reach back because the person in charge of that video that i was supposed to communicate with had health issues and i think it went to the point where they couldn't they like they went on leave they couldn't be with the company anymore um disability or something so you know nobody's fault really 
Um, but I got paid for the filming, so I was happy. And then the second guy, this is a very interesting thing. I didn't think I would get a professional company, not a huge multi-million dollar company, but like an established business with multiple employees. I, uh, they were supposed to work on this, on the script and order of things with, uh, the raw footage. So I had the option to either give them the raw footage, um, like trademarked, watermarked, or um, really low proxy, you know, like 480p. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, I'll give you 480p because certain details I didn't want to cover up. And it, it was a faster uh, upload for me uh, to give them 480p uploads than uh, like 4K with watermarks. Um, and I know for a fact that like they ghosted me, I got paid for the filming uh, and they were supposed to produce an internal staff training video. So I can't check it because it's not public, but I'm pretty sure they just took the 480p version and just made it work. <laughs> so I'm just shrugging here like, well, why did you bother getting uh, a professional to film it? No, 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 no. No, because oh. like the angles and the depth of field and like the image quality is there. The resolution, I purposely yeah. dumbed down because it was not supposed to be a final hand-in product. Uh, but why did they waste my time discussing the video edit that needs to happen? Mm-hmm. And me creating Google Docs and sending it to them and here, write down which clip and what time specifically you wanted me to use because we did multiple takes of everything. So anyway, that that was just weird. Then it, it was like, like I, I won, but I felt like I not, not I won, but like I felt like I... I did my job. I got paid. It was less than agreed upon, but it was what we agreed upon technically. Because, like, okay, if if it would have been just the filming, then, yeah, you did pay. So I'm glad that I got either the advance payments or the payment at the end of the filming day, and you're not seeing the the preview files until I get paid for the filming day. Because generally what I do is at the end of the filming day or throughout the filming day, I like show the client like, oh, yeah, this is how we got the shot. Here's the playback. Here's this. And they're happy. And when they see everything was filmed good and it sounds good because they've seen the playback on camera, uh, they'll easily agree to pay at the end of the day. Mm, okay. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's better to think of a solution to ghosting or unresponsive behavior before it happens because when it does happen you realize like oh shoot i'm not gonna get paid and i already wasted like a day filming and multiple days editing and uh (laughs) it's just some some people do that i don't know why people think video is not is whatever they don't take video seriously whereas other companies like big companies like oh yeah here's an advance payment they actually insist that, like, here, we're going to give you half up, like, straight up. <laughs> Sometimes you need that to book a location, to rent gear, whatever. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. That that, that goes back in the clarifying things in the initial phase. Like, are you yeah. going to provide the on-screen talent? Is it going to be one of your employees, or do you need me to hire an actor? Or are you going to hire an actor? <laughs> Oh, is there a difference? Or we're just going to pull some random person off the street. 
Is there a difference? Yes, there is. If you spend the time <laughs> and interview the actor, then you pay the actor cost and your time is your time. If you get me to do it, it's going to be a surcharge because I have to take away from my time. Same with You're like, music. I know an actor and he's me. Oh, and it took me five hours to convince myself to do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. He's, he drives a hard bargain. So I had yeah. to splurge a little bit to hire him, but he's, oh, the and best. he's so booked. Uh, he'll, he'll do it for this rate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, and i guess we should have prefaced this video by saying this but like this is all general stuff we're talking about if you actually want to yeah. do a serious terms of service or a contract get some legal advice on how to word these things just so clients cannot misinterpret words um but yeah and yeah, um legal advice our opinions are all our own yeah yeah. I, I, I did talk with a lawyer a few times about getting payment and all these things. And uh, one very good advice that she had um, to kind of tackle the ghosting thing was uh, in the scenario where maybe a client promised they would make a payment at a certain time and they couldn't. And they're like trying to ignore, like ignore you and hope that you won't chase them after it or whatever uh not being accusatory and being like proactively trying to be compassionate towards them like hey payments due but if you guys are having any issues with payment you need another month or you want to do a partial payment let me know and that gets like a positive response from businesses that are just having a slight payment issue like oh yeah we're actually in the negative this month and we don't have the resources or whatever. You'll get an, uh, a more detailed explanation as to why they're ghosting you instead of being like, hey, payments do pay up. Mm. And, yeah, you don't want to come across that way. Yeah. Another interesting thing I'll quickly add, uh, just so we complete the one hour mark but are not too shy of it. <laughs> um is um by I, I think this applies to the states uh too but in canada at least you for for late payment you put like a two percent per month uh late fee type of thing that accrues um i thought two percent is like not compelling enough and i wanted to put more so i asked like well why can't i put like ten percent that would get a client like, hey, you owe me three thousand bucks next month. It's it's thirty three hundred. Like, yeah, that would get me to pay faster than like, oh, it's gonna be fifteen bucks more, <laughs> or whatever <laughs> the math is. I didn't do it. Um, and uh, she said, no, that's a work industry standard, and in court you cannot uphold a unjust contract. So mm -hmm. anything above three percent would be considered criminally, or not criminally, but like um not reasonable yeah like legally unjustifiable and it might actually un uh, uh like cancel your entire contract if the counter argument from the client is uh, you're unreasonable with your contract unacceptable just, yeah unacceptable yeah. They just need <laughs> to prove that one thing like this is highly unreasonable and that's why i don't want to pay him anything and the judge will agree with that apparently 
So, yeah, a couple of things to keep in mind. And, uh, yeah, lawyers know their stuff and they have good legal advice. Look into that. Um, Lawyer up if necessary. Mm-hmm. That's what you're saying. Yeah. I've had signed contracts like e-signature for the last few years, but now I'm trying to do um, just email. I'll just paste in my final email after I talk about all the details when we finally get to the agreement, I'll do a quick summary link to my terms of service. If you agree to this, we may proceed. Um, so I'm going to try doing that from now on. It's just a bit do easier. Do you need a written confirmation of the Reddit or just the fact that you sent it? Well, I would need them to like, that gives them the opportunity to say, Oh, actually I don't want this or well, what you wrote here is not what I agree to. Because if they just say, like, okay, sure, filming on the 5th, that's an agreement. Mm -hmm. um, but I also have, like, an email tracker that's a free add-on you can get just to see if clients, for example, click a download link and have access to the final video. Or if they click whatever links you send or if they've even read your email. So sometimes um, a client will ghost you, but actually they were on vacation and they failed to tell you. So you can see by the fact that the email is unread. Mm. So then maybe you'll text them or contact them in a different method. Well, Doran, apparently the new iOS 15 has a built-in feature now in mail that you can turn on that will be like obscure things so that it specifically learns how to ignore tracking pixels and all that stuff. So now you might actually not be able to rely on that anymore because Apple's like, ah, oh, let's make it harder for people to track you through your email. So, yeah. yeah. Making it harder for, for the public to do it. Yeah, but themselves, oof. Oh. <laughs> Different topic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, okay, good to know. Um, yeah, I haven't, haven't had a, a ghosting issue for quite a few years now so hopefully none of my clients use that ios thing <laughs> well, october 31st i'm guessing this podcast will drop before then so yeah. you know you might have a ghosting issue then Ooh, Ooh. spooky spooky <laughs> podcast all right oh i think that pretty much sums up everything i have to say likewise hmm Okay, well, that's a wrap for today's podcast. Uh, thank you for listening and watching. Uh, probably give you a lot to think about. And uh, yeah, it's the more communication you do early on, the better. Uh, don't be afraid of intimidating your client. If they're serious about the video, they'll appreciate the extra effort. Um, so yeah, we encourage you to get stuff written down and uh, double acknowledged by your client. Uh, leave us any uh, comments or suggestions on uh, anything we've missed. What do you guys use uh, in your contracts? Give us, a, give us some tips and tricks. We love that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And be sure to subscribe to not miss an episode of the Nate and Doran podcast. You can find us on YouTube, of course, watching us. Or listen to us with Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. This has been Nate and Doran. Thank you for watching or listening.